Hello everyone and welcome to Helix Plays Games, not Helix Cloud Games anymore, we'll talk a bit more about that in just a second. My name is Richie and joining me this week is the host talking the PS, Mr. Chris. Hello everyone, Merry Christmas. Hello indeed, we've got a great show lined up for you this week where we'll be discussing Microsoft responding to this Game Awards absence, The Witcher 3 being awesome, and Call of Duty could be coming to PS Plus, all that and much much more on this week's X-Pass. into it i think we do need to address the um the name the channel name change and the reasons behind that we're not abandoning cloud gaming this is we've talked about it as a change but it's more really just a tweak to the branding a bit yeah it's literally just again so for those who haven't seen it we put out a post the other day we've changed from helix cloud games to helix plays games purely off the back of when you search out channels and youtube and twitter and social media algorithms having cloud in our name does not benefit us in seemingly any way shape or form we've looked at our own metrics we can see our numbers and we can see the way luna's not really making any moves at the moment any big moves anywhere outside of the u.s Stadia is obviously closing in less than a month now. And yeah, GeForce now and all the other other players are doing wonderful stuff. We know obviously here on X-Pass, Microsoft do absolute tons to involve cloud gaming as part of their ecosystem. But it does just become a, a kind of a component of the wider Microsoft and Xbox ecosystem. Sony are doing their thing. Nintendo are doing their thing. So in terms of cloud, um, we kind of feel like having it is, is a core part of our branding it uh, it just kind of deters people from thinking, oh, I'm into PlayStation and Microsoft, but I haven't really tried out cloud gaming yet. Yeah. It doesn't bring people into it. So what we want to do is just kind of refresh, rebrand, um, take cloud out of the name, and then hopefully when people get on board with the channel and they see our content and they realize that a lot of the stuff we do is powered by cloud gaming, like our live streams, like our first looks, it just kind of, again, it's a, again, a better foot in the door, yeah, we, we think- feel. With cloud, cloud gaming is still quite heavily stigmatized as well. I think when we had Stadia, we had this one platform that looked like it might break through to like kind of rally around. Mm-hmm. I think it a worked lot of people with did. the cloud. It worked with the cloud gaming stuff, but now we're more focused on Xbox and PlayStation. It felt a bit like, although we are still going to be covering cloud gaming predominantly, the cloud in the t- title it felt like it was maybe just holding us back, and people might just be put off by that one word. Which mm-hmm. is largely inconsequential to the to potential of their enjoyment of the show. Absolutely. So we'll be playing games, and I think just to reiterate, we've already covered it in our Discord and and yeah. such and, and other shows. But yet, nothing's changing. Like this this show, X Pass is still the same. Talking to That's... PS still goes up tomorrow. Cloud Quest is there. We've got our live streams every Thursday. We drop random first looks on random days as well. So and a lot of that, as I mentioned, will be powered by the cloud. Because let's face it, Richie, it's more it's convenient, convenient for you and me to just boot up a cloud stream and, and yeah. capture that rather than run it natively. So, yeah, don't expect any any major changes yet. We have got an exciting new show to announce uh, that goes live uh, this coming January, which I guess, uh, even though we announced it on Talking to PS, you know we might as well put it out there yeah, actually, as well. Yeah, what I was going to do is I was just going to tease it now because it is a bit more in line with Talking to PS. That's a good idea. Our members so, know about it because yeah, our, our Helix Heroes are... got it yesterday. They know. You know. Shh, don't tell yeah. anyone. So if you're but, a member, yeah. you can get early access to that announcement. You can but, get it now uh, for 99p. You can, for as little as but, 99p. But, uh, but yeah. it's, uh, it's something a bit different for us. Um, I think you're going to like it. We're, we're really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, but that'll oh, be definitely. something that's kicking off in the in the new year. And tune in for Talking to PS tomorrow. Well, yeah, we might as well just go straight into the housekeeping since we're basically there. So if you haven't already, like the video, subscribe to the channel, or your podcast feed of choice with notifications switched on so you're kept in the loop of all our great content, such as the aforementioned Talking the PS. We also have Cloud Quest. Again, it's not going anywhere. Anyway, um, what I can't remember what we're talking about. I, I'm not fully well at the moment, guys. I'm, <laughs> my brain, I do keep it like halfway through sentences to get brain fog. Um, but yeah, we've got Cloud Quest, our Cloud Gaming Topical Discussion Show, our new show coming out next year, which 
definitely, definitely look Which forward to. Which is like to. four weeks away now at this point. Yeah. Less than and, four weeks away. And actually, last week, we actually dropped a lot of like Let's Play style content. We had, you started mm-hmm. your um, playthrough of The Last of Us. I did. Live, um, that ongoing. I dropped the first look at Chained Echoes, and we also live-streamed High on Life, which we'll be talking yeah. a bit about in just a second. Lots going on. But first, Chris, would you like to introduce us to the... The reason Rob actually isn't here on this particular episode as well is he got stuck through train strikes. So for anyone wondering why our other co-host also isn't here, he's... Uh, been busy with work this week. He's not ill or anything, like Richie, seemingly. Um, yeah. He just got stuck due to travel um, infrastructure and strikes in the UK. Um, but he's alive and well. He'll be back soon. I believe, but, uh, unlike despite what we say on Talking the PS tomorrow, he is back now. He's safe. Safe but and well. We're just recording these out of order. We're recording these a day apart, that's all. And Time is a flat yeah. circle. And yeah, so Richie feel it may seem better today, but worse yeah. tomorrow. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's how it goes. Sometimes, oh, I'm going to I'm going to seem even worse on Friday at Cloud Quest. Absolutely. Oh yeah, another week. Yeah, I, I I had a bit of a rocky one on Cloud Quest. But I think what you want me to introduce, really, Richie, is the excellently exuberant, excavated Xbox Expose, aka the news. News. Uh, as always, high news. pitch news. The news. News. <laughs> Yeah. As always, our news is brought to you by our Helix Heroes, which I've already mentioned. You can join for as little as 99p, such as MJ Parks did. Thank you very much for coming Ooh. back. Love you. So, first news item, um, High on Life First Impressions. So, we've played it. We have, yeah. First looks up on the channel. Uh, we've played it this past Thursday using the power of Xbox Cloud Gaming, like I said we would. Yeah. And, um, yeah, my first impressions, I kind of tempered my expectations a little bit. The early reviews were coming out were kind of sevens. Some places give them eight. Some places gave it really low scores. And I think a lot of that boils down to the comedy styling of it. We knew going into it, it was Justin Roiland, creator of Rick and Morty, Solar Opposites. And his comedy can sometimes be quite polarizing, as most comedy can be. So the way I approached it is I'm a fan of Rick and Morty. So from the trailers and the clips we saw from the um, Summer Games Fest and the Xbox Showcase that I kind of had a feeling I was going to enjoy this anyway. And then jumping into it, yeah, no surprise. Uh, you and me were laughing our heads off at just some of the jokes, some of the humour that's uh, scattered throughout, the, just the opening scenes alone. Um, yes, you have a talking gun. It's a first-person shooter set in kind of an alien abstract world. And just the, just the dialogue is constant. And it's interesting because we praise a lot of games like um, The Last of Us and Uncharted and God of War more recently for that constant dialogue, talking to you throughout the whole game, not just cutscenes, not just when you're interacting with something. And, and we're not talking life- about one of the things that's annoying me a bit in God of War Ragnarok where sometimes your party members, if you spend even 30 seconds not doing the right thing, they'll go, look at this thing, look at this thing. We're talking about just the general banter and well-building sort of stuff. Yeah, just the dialogue that goes back and forth. And High on Life, it, it does have both pros and cons from that. Um, yeah. Chuckle away at the gun talking to you and interacting with random characters you'll pass by. And they are, they used to do feel like a lived in real world because they speak. It doesn't sound like anything they say is almost scripted because Justin Roiland's comedy is very much just off the cuff. He just basically talks and talks and talks. Some of it's funny, some of it isn't so much. And I feel like in a real world environment, when I think in the opening scene we're walking around the city and there's just random people going, oh, hi there, yeah, okay, I'm just walking here. And then if you go to ask them a question with them, walk away, they go, oh, okay, I guess you don't want to talk to me anyway. So, and it's just like it feels natural and like rather than a, a traditional yeah. scripted game. And uh, yeah, praise where it's due, really funny, chuckled at it, some dark humour in there as well. As I said, if you're a fan of Rick and Morty, you'll enjoy this. Um, it's, uh, I think... I think this is actually a hard game to review because what I think you have to do is you have to look at the Justin Roiland element first and go, right, if you're not a fan of his humour, hard pass. I don't think if you're not a fan of Justin Roiland, there's nothing in this game for you, basically. Yes, if you I, are, I then you can start reviewing it as a game. <laughs> and I agree with that. When it comes to gameplay, from what, I mean, you were on the sticks, so I, I don't know in terms of how the game felt, felt to play, but it kind of looked like generic shooter. Like It, it was, it, yeah. The comedy adds a lot too, but the shooting, I think about probably 
just short of an hour into it, I said to you the shooting feels a bit basic, like strafe left, strafe right. You do get some upgrades further in the game as it progresses, but yeah, you are already gagging for a new weapon early on in the stream. Yeah, it um it it doesn't obviously it, it doesn't fit in the same line as we'd expect from like Call of Duty Battlefield. No. It doesn't have that fluent movement as you'd expect with like a, a pistol or a gun. And uh, that's just because, again, this is an indie studio making this game, Squanch Games. They're not AAA, yeah. but I feel like it's it's double A, kind of touching the ceiling of breaking through with something, but evidently the budget didn't go necessarily on mechanics. Yeah, it felt like some of the enemies you were you're fighting just felt like unnecessary bullet sponges as well that didn't yeah. seem, some of them they're just like grunt enemies just didn't seem to go down very quick it seems like your gun was a bit underpowered yeah. almost i know i know weapons are upgradable yeah same same oh. similar to the traversal in the the first boss fight we came across that it was a bit it's just a bit clunky could have done with a bit more refinement and, and polish but in yeah. terms of like the game we played it for probably just just short of two hours i believe and um, yeah, I had a fun time with it. And there has been that scratch at the back of my mind saying, you could just jump back in, like just do another hour or so. And I think what the, the best kind of review I've seen of this game is don't treat it like a traditional video game. Treat it like a TV show. Yeah. It, it's if you what jump you, into it and yeah. enjoy the comedy and the humor, just watch an hour, play an hour here, play an hour there. Don't binge this thing. I think the game's only eight to ten hours long anyway from what I've heard. So just treat it like a season of Rick and Morty and jump in, have a couple of laughs shoot some generic bad guys, fight a boss, leave and come back in a week's time or a few days later. That seems think, to be the best way to enjoy it. I think it's the sort of game where you're probably better off playing at maybe an hour or two max at a time. Yeah. Because I think the game, the gameplay, I think, is more in, sometimes in service as the comedy rather than the other way around. It's mm-hmm. yeah, You have to look at the kind of the whole package where it's one of them, if you're just looking to play, play a game... I don't think this is the one you go for. If you kind of got that itch to like for like a bit of more Rick and Morty or something, this is probably mm-hmm. the best time to pick it up to play it. Um, but yeah, I think this is why the like review scores have been so mixed because it is quite hard to review because it's it's a comedy shooter, and if the comedy doesn't hit for you, then the yeah. the game is dead. But if the comedy does hit hit then you've kind of got to go, okay, is there enough in this game that I want to play and experience? I think in general it is a good game if you are like a Justin Roiland fan. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's on Game Pass, so check it out anyway. Yeah. I think even at full price, I think it's only a £49.99 uh, pound dollar game. But um, it's worth checking out. And if it, if it grabs you in the first half an hour, you'll probably enjoy more of it. If not, probably move on. Yeah, I was thinking about this this morning as well Is is the uh, more simplistic gameplay could be to actually be actually be beneficial for the game, because Justin Roiland fans who have an Xbox who are not really hardcore gamers and stuff would probably find it easy to jump in. Hmm. Yeah, it do it because it, it doesn't have a million different systems to learn. It doesn't have like it's not a high fast twitch. It's quite seems quite generous in where yeah, it's it handle, quite accessible. Handles, yeah. It. There's and, little um, things like it fully heals you after battles, so like mm-hmm. you can just go straight to the next battle without having to worry about your health or looking for items or anything. Absolutely, and yeah, like you said, yeah, there is something to be said about its simplicity. Simplicity, and yeah. when it we can get work into, for it and against it, depending yeah. when on when we get into are. talking about the Witcher next gen update later in the show, there's a kind of polarizing element to that, which. I'll, we'll get into that later on, going back to All right. three. So that's going to be interesting because I know you have been playing it. I have, I have. Have you played any more since we um, last talked? I have, I played some last night, so even though that'll be tomorrow, so tomorrow I'm yeah. talking the PS, it'll sound like I've barely played any, and today I've played a little bit more, which is yesterday's, today, tomorrow's future world, but uh, we'll get into that later on. Yeah, um, I think we move on now, we just, the one little one actually about the Game Awards um, and Microsoft, so Microsoft have kind of responded, because Microsoft have actually come under quite a bit of criticism actually. For mm-hmm. basically no showing at the Game Awards. Rightly so. Yeah, I, I actually completely agree, rightly so. And they kind of give out a kind of half-assed statement, in my opinion. Kind of saying, oh, it's basically along the lines of, yeah, there's exciting things coming next year, don't worry about it. Kind of almost shrugging off the criticism. Okay. Uh, what are your thoughts, Chris, on this? Like, um, I... 
it's again, it's all marketing, isn't it? And I think that's the biggest thing we yeah. thought. The reason we give them so much shit last week after the Game Awards, and the reason seemingly every other journalist and content creator and person who covers Xbox, even like the hardcore of the hardcore, I'm talking like Ryan McCaffrey at IGN, I'm talking Jez Corden of the Xbox Two podcast, um, Paris Lilly, who does the kind of funny X cast, like all over the last week, they all tweeted out and covered the same things on their respective shows that it just it was a bad look. For Microsoft and Xbox to not be at the biggest showcase and I think Jeff Keighley's tweeted out since saying the Game Awards this year's numbers was like over 100 million yeah well, or streams something else which is get on to. It's bigger most, and bigger year on year year on year the Game Awards is growing mm-hmm. so I'm starting to get this thing where I think us uh, Sony Microsoft and Nintendo they want to almost like control the narrative a bit too much where like only have their own things, especially since with E three dying, everyone's doing their own like showcases and stuff more and mm-hmm. more. But sometimes I kind of think like as gamers, as basically as consumers, we've kind of almost went to the game awards and went, that's the place. The game awards is the new E three. Yeah, like, that's... even though E three is coming back next summer well, apparently. It, it, it was nice to have like E three in the summer and then then game awards in the winter. So yeah, these two big temples. Like we've as gamers, I think as a like wider community, we've kind of just went be at the Game Awards. We expect you there. Have something to show. And yet and, they weren't. And remember, yeah. this is the same company that revealed the Series X and S at the Game Awards. They yeah. showed last year, I think Hellblade and some of their other titles. So to not have anything outside of a Game Pass promo with Samsung, I think did just hit a lot of people, especially after a quiet year. On game on Xbox, when two of your biggest hitters that should have been out this year got delayed, and it's all it's all well and good to say, well, COVID and lockdown and and all the other things and nat- the like the natural nature of making video games takes time. But however, on the flip side of the coin, Sony put out what Gran Turismo, Horizon Forbidden West, and God of War Ragnarok, three absolute stellar AAA games, and yeah. kickstarting next year, you've got Forspoken. And then we go into apparently next year Spider Man Two, which tomorrow we're on talking the piece. We talk about Spider Man Two coming um, next fall. You got and like, it's just kind of like everyone's just sat. You got a when. lot of final. You got a lot of Final Fantasy coming. I mean, we didn't talk about it and talk the piece. Yeah, but yeah. Got the, the pixel remasters are coming over at PlayStation. Yeah, you got Final Fantasy Sixteen. You got Final Fantasy Seven Rebirth. Crisis Core's just dropped. Like, yeah, it's it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on on the other side of the fence, and I think that's what creates frustration. And I think the biggest crux for Microsoft, which has been their problem, is they announced at the showcase last year that they showed the next 12 months of Xbox and Starfield and Redfall. Albeit they got delayed, they were in that 12-month window, which means up until the 1st of June, Starfield and Redfall should come out by Phil Spencer and Microsoft's marketing department by what they said and what they posted so it seems odd that you would go into a massive global showcase with an audience over 100 million all eyes on the industry phil spencer himself was present at the awards and not bring like just a trailer or a date or a a month or just anything yeah it's i think it's this is compounded because it's been quite a quiet year for microsoft first party which mm-hmm. is then being showcased at the Game Awards when Microsoft basically got nothing, barely even a mention in, in the actual yep. awards side of it, and then also had nothing to show. And they're kind of saying, yeah, we know we know there's some great games coming next year, mm-hmm. but some of the... But it's like, you're kind of expecting to see them. Like, yeah. Like, Redfall, I think, is definitely a game that needs a bit more attention. Like, yeah, Star- Starfield, fun. like, people have been, been looking forward to Starfield for a, de- a decade almost, basically. So Starfield's going to be fine, but things like Redfall's like, I have to usually, if Redfall hits the news, I have to go back and watch a few trailers to kind of remind myself yeah. what that game even is. It's like Left it's not, it has, You know when a game just doesn't stick in your brain and what it is? Oh, and this absolutely. is one of the things that like resting like the laurels on for next year is like the kind of, I think it needs a bit more of a push. And you'd think that after a quiet year, you want to get people excited for 2023. And the Game Awards is probably the best place to do it. Because 100 plus million um, eyes on it. Yeah. And this is off the back of a week where they also announced the prices of the main games were going up to £70 and $70. And it just, again, I feel like, as you said, a lot of stuff was compounded, but... I do think, I've seen rumours actually on Twitter this morning, which is quite good that we're recording this a day later than we normally would. I've seen a few of the 
journalists who cover Xbox say that there's big rumours of a showcase happening in, in February, which would make sense. Okay, like they need ma- to do something. That makes sense. But I kind of think, like, as a consumer, if I, if I was a marketing exec, I kind of want maybe a showcase in either November, December to kind of, like, set up the, the ne- next year. Like, he's what you can next kind of... I'd like to have that one showcase towards the end of the year, whether it is at the Game Awards or our own thing. Yeah. Where it'd be like, right, this is whether I was PlayStation, whether I was Nintendo, or whether I was Xbox, to kind of go, right, right, guys, we've had, we've had a good year. This is what you can look forward to in 2023. Like, just make, even if it's just like, I don't know, an hour and a half long of like, you don't yeah. have to stick dates and everything you don't have dates on, but like, kind of just go, he's the things that, he's some of the big hits that we're planning to release next year. But this is why you should be excited about our platform in it for the next 12 months. Yeah, and we're no strangers to lack of communication coming from a, a Google Stadia <laughs> background. Like we touted for three years about like clear communication, a roadmap, and that's just yeah. as two consumers and gamers ourselves, and having our ears to the ground very, very closely when it comes to the games industry. We all, I think, as a as a community, just we want to know what's next. Like we're we're always the type of people who are at the cutting edge of technology, high investment purchases. Like, we're the type of idiot to go out and buy VR day one when it costs 550 quid. We're the type of people who buy a pro controller for 200 quid because it's got extra paddle sticks. We're the type of people who buy a video game for 70 pound day one, knowing fine well if we just held patience for three, four months, we could get it for 20 quid. But we don't do that because we're enthusiastic about new new shiny things and telling us what's going It's worth the money. Yeah. But... I kind of, I kind of think November is probably the best time for me if, to put a showcase to show what's coming in the next year because around about November time, that's when people are starting the Christmas shopping. Mm-hmm. So that's when consoles might be getting bought. So yeah. if you want some, if you want to get little Timmy, if Timmy's after a new console and he's on the fence, mm-hmm. if you turn around and just drop a load of news in November about, say, if Xbox dropped a load of news in November. You're showcasing to t- little Timmy why he should be excited by Xbox and not PlayStation. Yeah. So then absolutely. little Timmy goes to mom and dad. Mom and dad, I want an Xbox for Christmas. Yeah. And I think this goes back to maybe Microsoft and Xbox's marketing campaign for this Christmas. I feel like the budget that would have went maybe to the Game Awards yeah. was spent on absorbing the cost of a £50, well, $50 saving on the Series S because the marketing for cheap Series S bundles has done, ramped up non-stop since Black Friday. You can pick I've, up like a Series S for less than 200 quid in the UK, and that cost stuff, has to go um, somewhere. I have heard some stuff that at Microsoft, because the Activision Blizzard King deal has kind of consumed everything that's going on at Xbox at the moment, and even like going further into Microsoft as a whole. So it's like almost like all hands on deck to get this over the line thing. Yeah, but I don't so feel like the might... marketing department has anything to do with the lawyers dealing with that. Like, let's face it, does the FCA and stuff really but give it, a shit about it might a, a be Redfall trailer? Not necessarily the marketing team. It might be the guys above them not passing down the instructions, not passing down that direction that the company mm. goes in. So, like, things are just... There's no one coming in and going, right, guys, this is what we need to do by the end of the year. But because everyone who would sit do that is now focused on something else so possibly it, yeah i mean that either way it's not a good, it's not a good look yeah. on all fronts no. because if the activision deal doesn't go through that's bad on well, all fronts you've said you're making deals with nintendo and stuff already and then, this is one of the most entitled <laughs> entitled complaints we can ever really have it's like we, we we're basically annoyed at microsoft for not short getting as excited enough about great games coming next year but again, that's that's the industry well, they live in, right? They live in a world of hype and entertainment. This yeah. isn't crunching boring numbers on the stock market. This well, is like you need to get people excited to buy into your product because if it was boring and dull, no one buys it, and then you go out of business. Like not that they will, is bizarre. but gaming is bizarre in that the marketing is actually part of the entertainment value for like the passionate those of us who are really passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Not like I'm not talking about your average just. I just play games every now and again. Those who actually define call themselves games, this is my primary hobby. Those like who would start a podcast on Google Stadia, for example, like only a fool, only a yeah, fool. Like I, I've said on record loads of times that I think the Game Awards is effectively a four-hour-long advertisement, and it is. Mm-hmm. But every year I get excited to watch it. It's the Super Bowl. The yeah, it's games. like it's this like... is. He's all the shit that you should be excited for next year. Yeah. 
And the Super Bowl has a lot of advertisements as well, right in the middle yeah. of the game. So, yeah. This, this yeah. won't go away, and I do hope they have something lined up for the new year. And we know yeah. they will, because, I, let's face it, they have to come out at some point. Like That's the great thing with gaming. As much as we bemoan stuff not being shown and stuff being held behind closed doors, at some point next year, they will have to come out and talk about it, because the games are due out before June. So we will see more of it. We just, again, have to be patient. So yeah. as rumoured, Jez Corden and stuff, journalists out there saying February time, which again, that's only like eight weeks away. So I just wish Microsoft's response to the criticism was a bit more than just a tweet. Like, yeah, it's a it's a tweet that is kind of like it's okay, guys. I mean, I'll read it. This is from Aaron Greenberg. We have a lot planned to show and share about about an incredibly exciting year ahead for twenty twenty three. Appreciate folks are eager to learn and see more. Timing is always key, but don't you worry. Um, you will not have long to wait for what's next from us. The bit I would like to see in that tweet rather than you won't have long to wait is hope, put, save the date, February. Something's dropping in February. We'll be talking more hmm. in this month. A little bit more focused on like when we can expect more rather than, oh, it's going, we will talk about it soon. Because they must have at least, a, if they're planning a showcase, at least in a, a date in mind. Yeah. Just, yeah. I think that would make the statement just come along a bit more like, okay, yeah, guys, we know we weren't there. We probably should have maybe told, give you a heads up that it's going to be a quiet one from us. That's that's one of the things I could have done. Like in the run-up go, right, guys, we're not going to have a huge presence at the Game Awards because we're, we're working on stuff to like get you excited ne- mm. that we're going to announce next year. The timing's not quite there yet, so... Yeah, saying anything after the fact, it's we'll all... It's, you'll hear more done. after Christmas. Yeah, the damage is done. It's too late trying yeah. to mop up the ashes afterwards. It's easier to get ahead of it and just set expectations. But yeah. again, I'm sure they'll learn from the mistakes, and I guarantee you, absolutely, yeah. Richie, guarantee you, yeah. they will have a big presence at next year's Game Awards because they won't want this to happen twice. Yeah. Well, ho- they'll be hoping they'll have things like Redfall and um, Starfield and Game of the Year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, we can dream. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's one of them things where... I. I'm excited for like an Xbox like full presentation for the first time in pretty much ever really. Now as a new Xbox fan, someone new to the mm-hmm. ecosystem. Well, I mean I've watched the Xbox presentations at E3 and stuff in the past, but it's usually not the one I'm putting. I'm like I'm mainly there for the third parties, mm. but now I'm interested to see what the first parties are doing as well. But, yeah, same. Uh, again, yeah. I'm I'm hyped to be part of whatever the next yeah. Halo looks like. Gears of War's been dormant for some time. Uh, obviously, we know Fable's on the horizon. We, we should be getting a Forza Motorsport next year as well. So yep. there's a lot to be excited for. There is, and that's not including like any new IP they decided to bring out. But talking about IP, um, five Criterion veterans have departed um, after the launch of Need for Speed Unbound. Hmm. Yeah, um, Need for Speed Unbound seemingly has came and went without so much of a gear shift it, it it does feel like this was a game that was i forgot rumored 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 had a trailer launched all within the space of what felt like two to three months so very quick turnaround time ea somehow managed to keep it fairly under wraps came out receiving okay praise i've seen a lot of reviews say like actually it, it doesn't change the formula too much but the art style and the kind of sharp detailed animations on it do actually make it feel a bit different and fresh and yet i just feel like i've seen no marketing for it at all i've not seen one advert really i, I don't recall anyone talk about it. and this is need for speed from ea this is like big on usually a lot of fronts it's one of their key titles when it comes I, out and yet sometimes when it comes to marketing i kind of think we think about things when we were a kid and you'd be watching t like proper t- television all the t- time and you'd see billboards and stuff where I think now marketing is more a lot more targeted because mm-hmm. like I see more most of the adverts I see come from YouTube and yeah. I bet you're the same way it might be you see about in the space of a week you might see three or four adverts <sighs> just constantly on repeat in Google which, I do not want to buy a Nest camera stop you're getting Nest camera I've got Marvel <laughs> Snap turned back up for me Marvel it, Snap had, it had oh, a actually, break yeah. and now it's, now it's back um, but I wonder if it's because Need for Speed's not in our world house. We're not seeing these. But it's like, well, but I watch a lot of right. gaming content. Yeah. So, like, I, you go that yeah. granular, like, 
granular um, YouTube that you're just showing me the one thing you think I'd like rather than going, you know what, he, he likes gaming, maybe he'll like this. I like Nest cameras, but, but I don't want to buy another one. Yeah. Like, oh, like, I, on my Facebook um, feed, it's, it's all guitar stuff at the moment because I was like keeping an eye on Facebook, like yeah. marketplace for guitars, like I cannot see anything other than it. <laughs> like, yeah. I actually have kind of like PTSD flashbacks when I hear the Google advert now because it's so like you know when you hear your alarm on a morning and that like it just cuts through that sound. Yeah. The start of the Google Nest Cam adverts, like every time I hear it, it's like oh, here we go. Here I we feel go. sorry for like the like you know the developer of Marvel Snap who does the advert. I feel sorry oh, for him because I've started to guy. I've started to hate him. He seems like a really nice bloke and he's like very passionate about like. Marvel and like gaming is like I should like you, but because you Marvel, keep, we found the best way. Because you keep, I keep seeing this advert so many times. I know I could get YouTube Premium, but still. Yeah, exactly. Um, in well, terms anyway, of criteria, nothing to do with Need for Speed. That's in terms brand. of criteria on a yeah. Need for Speed's seemingly poor performance, um, who's left? Is it relevant people? Is it the is it the big honcho or is so, it just a few people from the team? I think it's um, let's find the names. So Matt Webb says left the studio. Criterion, Criterion's vice president and general manager Matt Webb says left the studio after 23 years as head of the studio okay. development and 17 Criterion vet, 17 year Criterion veteran Alan McDermott. They're joined by senior technical director and Andrea Shires, who has been with the company for 16 years, as well as executive producer Pete, Pete Lake who joined mm-hmm. Criterion in 1996. Head of, head of content, Steve Uphill, also leaves for um, his most recent 10-year stint at Criterion. These are all, they are, when we say veterans, like they're all over a decade and all seemingly in senior positions. Mm-hmm. Um, so quite a lot of experience then. And yeah. again, it's no surprise. It's usually worrying when game devs leave before a game launches because you've got to think there's kind of like bonuses don't get triggered and... Yeah something's wrong with the game when like a director leaves or a story lead when the game's still got another year or so to go you always question like what the decisions were but i guess leaving after the launch of a game there's not really much more for you to do if if you intend to leave and go do other projects you're not going to spend the next 2 years working and building one project that you're NDA'd and you can to just leave you know what i mean like if if there's if if there ever is a time to leave it probably is after the launch of a game yeah, maybe seems a bit too close. Like you want to kind of see it through to probably it, the new year, but I guess if one leaves, depends. the rest the rest follow suit, right? It depends what the plans are. I mean, with so many senior people, I wouldn't be surprised if they started their own studio. Oh, I think that seems to be the consensus. Absolutely, well, it's it's this. I don't think this. We could go the route where this could see this as knocking the year. They don't want to like work on the big corporate EA anymore. But sometimes yeah. we've seen it in loads of places where it's just a case of, you know, I've done the big studio thing and now I want to go back to kind of almost grassroots, go back to like setting up the studio as well. And you, you tend to find in a lot of careers, the longer you're there, the more you get promoted, the further you get away from the thing that got you into that career in the first place. Yeah. So it might be a case of the bunch of these guys actually want to go back to making games rather than yeah. directing teams and stuff. So and they want to go back to a smaller, closer thing. We don't, you don't know. They haven't announced what they're doing, Absolutely. and it might just be because it's like the end of the year as well. It's like, well, the games come out. It's kind of fallen out the news a bit. It was a bit more of a subdued launch, but apparently it's done. It's done okay. Um, eh. Looking at the UK sales, not that the UK sales charts, obviously the world, but you can generally get an yeah. idea and you can track physical box sales. Yeah. Um, top 10s, one, God of War, two, FIFA 23, three, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, four, Pokemon Violet, five, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe hanging in there, uh, six, Nintendo Sports Resort, seven, Pokemon Scarlet, eight, Sonic Run Frontiers, nine, Animal Crossing, and number 10, Minecraft on the Nintendo Switch. So for a Christmas week... For yeah. a Need for Speed game not to be in the top ten, I don't know how me. much I trust box sales. I think it still a gives loose, you a general idea. It's a loose thing, and I think Need for Speed has become a bit more. It's not a temple of the gaming industry anymore. It's more of a, a, a niche. It's it's a cult classic nowadays. I'd say. But should so, it be beaten by games that have been out for seven or eight years now, like Mario Kart? Mario Kart beats everything. 
there's, there's a few exceptions that break the rule. Mario Kart and um, GTA Five. Like mm. you have to just ignore them when you're looking at these numbers it's because they're ridic- They're just ridiculous. Like, yeah, po- Pokemon's always going to well, go, do well. God of War Both is, versions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, always. Imagine is. if you know with Pokemon, you know, like you get two iterations every year. Could you imagine yeah. if any other franchise did that? Could you imagine if there was a God of War Ragnarok it, and a God of War? whatever um, and there were two um, separate versions and there was just subtle subtle differences in the two of them could you imagine the uproar for sony or microsoft to try and yeah. implement that as a pokemon fan i think this is something that can die now like just bring out one version like especially when the last two games that well simultaneous released but it still is two, two games uh, shouldn't have been released yet they should have been oh yeah realistically the, the... they needed another couple of months in the oven at least I mean, as much as I am enjoying them, but that's um, a whole different. Whole that's different a thing, isn't yeah. It? I'm enjoying it despite its flaws, but but yeah, it's an it's an interesting one to think how it, how it could work. Um, same yeah, with I I'm pretty sure there's like a a rule of thumb that the the color, so like violet and scarlet, it's always the yeah. fests in the naming convention that sells more. I thought but, so, so something to do with like the more ready one always seems to sell more because red sold more. Gold, I think gold always sold more. See, right. but then when you're saying that, isn't it red, Pokemon Red and Gold? Uh, sorry, Pokemon Red and Blue, so Red's first. Pokemon Gold yeah. and Silver, Gold's first. Yeah. What was it? Sword and Shield? Sword won so, that one. So it's like... It seems yeah, I, I went for Shield, first. but there's something... And Sword and Shield's like, you no one wants to be the guy with the shield. You want to be the guy with the sword. Yeah, like, exactly. It's cooler, especially when you look at the, ta- the demographics for that game, which aren't the demographics for Need for Speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Need for Speed, yeah. like you said, I think it's it's fell from grace quite a lot as racing games have maybe became a bit more niche over time. Yeah. And, and we think... as older gamers, we've said time and time again, like racing games don't really do it for us now because we're adults, we drive our own cars. So that like magic yeah. you had maybe as a kid driving around in the car that you will maybe have in several years time and drifting and nitrous oxide and fast and the I'm living not your a best car guy either mm. I, I can appreciate nice cars but I, I I'm very happy driving my um like 10 year old fiesta yeah they're, again they're I, also expensive yeah just like gaming well that's it yeah but uh, hopefully these folks will move on to create a brand new team as you said that will be the best win for it and Taking experienced veterans and getting a brand new studio out as consumers just means that EA will keep plugging that gap. We'll see more Need for Speed inevitably, but we get hopefully something that rises from the ashes of these yeah. guys leaving and we get maybe a whole different type of racer or a new franchise and IP it, altogether. This could, be, it, this could be one of them that these guys have kind of went, you know what, we've took these franchises that we've been working on as far as we can go. It's time for some fresh blood. There's nothing it, wrong with that. Unbound might have been like, you know what, we're going to change up the art style, we're going to make it a bit more anime, give it a bit more a bit more distinct compared to the other races in the portfolio. Mm-hmm. And it maybe hasn't done the sales and stuff that they were hoping and they kind of go, you know what, it's time. We've yeah. we've done what we can. It's in it's in an okay place. It's not by any means dead and buried unless EA changed the mind back. But <laughs> it feels like a franchise that EA would very much go, we're not going to kill that. But there again, we didn't expect Pokemon to kill Ash Ketchum. So. He didn't kill him. He's not dead. They killed him off. No, you don't didn't. know that. He's not you... dead. They're not going to kill someone in a kid's cartoon. You I mean, they, they fight Pokemon against each other, but no one actually yeah. dies. We don't know. We've got 11 episodes to see what He's they do with him. He's not going to die. Have you seen? Anyway, um, let's move on to um, Bloober Team. of working on a new horror IP. So Bloober, Bloober Team... Are the team that have worked on games such as Laser Fear, Observer, The Medium, and Blair Witch. They've announced a new partnership with Take Two Publishing label, Private Division, that'll see it create a new survival horror IP. We're not expecting it till like 2025, but any thoughts, Chris? Um, Bluber team, they're uh, the they've recently been contracted uh, to work on the Silent Hills game, right? That was Bluber team. I think so, yeah. The, they were pulled out of it. Um, I'm, I'm not really, like, looking at their games list, there's nothing necessarily in there that makes me, like, go, ooh, these guys have got, like, that special something. So, I've, I don't, I I don't know. Say with, like, they're, Private Division. They're a, a, they're, they're a developer that I keep hearing about. So, I think it's, like... You know how, like, from software seem to be bubbling under the surface for quite a while, and then, like, then they kind of started breaking through with, like, Demon Souls, and then Elden Ring just blew them out of the water. 
I almost feel like Blue Team mean that kind of the waiting for that one hit that's just going to launch them to the stratosphere. Yeah. So I mean, in the survival at, horror genre. Yeah, like, I don't. I don't think they've got anything special. I think Layers of Fear was like received okay. Layers of Fear Two, same received okay. Um, the Medium, which was kind of hyped up quite a lot, it was one of the Game Pass games um, last year. Didn't really yeah. set anything on fire. And then the, they've announced Layers of Fears, which is a terrible naming convention for their third entry in the Layers of Fear franchise. Doesn't do anything. Again, I don't know, but I say it's because it's horror maybe, but then again, I'm massively into like the RE games and Silent Hill looks great. So to confirm, yeah, Bloober Team are the guys who work on the Silent Hill 2 remaster. They're essentially, they're they're doing a... The RE games and Silent Hill have that IP. And IP is so important nowadays, like... Yeah, I mean... When you've got a strong IP, you're immediately getting people's interest. Is it because, like, you're just kind of rediscovering the, the genre that you might and so like Resident Evil and Silent Hill these are games that you've heard tons about over decades mm. like, how much they love so like they, they have your interest as kind of like if you were getting into JRPGs you'd be immediately drawn to like a Final Fantasy yeah true. and then you once you're in the genre you start looking a bit more around yeah I'm also heavily influenced by like the people that I listen to and watch and I know a lot of the podcasts yeah. I listen to they're not overly keen on the work Bloober Team have done they just seem to have I don't know they just seem to have this kind of vibe about them that they're just not. They don't cut the mustard as much as you'd want. Yeah, that's but hopefully I Silent feel Hill like is, is that breakout change for them. They're not and then... quite sticking the landing, but it feels like they're almost there. They're starting pa- to find it. Yeah, not bad games, but like. But anyway, if you if you're into survival horror, you won't have um, too long to wait. Just about three years. <laughs> and I mentioned yeah. you've got to imagine a lot of their money is going towards Silent Hill because they cannot mess that up. Yeah, that's Silent Hill could be the one that like breaks and pushes them through. Yeah, Silent Hill I think could help them like Blue Point had. Yeah, with kind of their remake games where Blue Point were just a support team and then they worked on a couple of titles. They did the Uncharted trilogy. They did the last, um, not Last Guardian, sorry, Shadow of the Colossus remaster. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh. Sony snapped them up, and then now they're working on their it's own. Something... Oh, sorry, they did Dark Souls as well. Yeah. And they had like such a, a good polish on those games. So if they nail it with Silent Hill 2 Remake, that could possibly land them a contract for a brand new Silent Hill entry. Or more yeah. importantly, this game, which we're talking about here, this new horror IP, it could be the bit like the team that brought you Silent Hill 2. And they get that kind of, like you said, renowned fame that elevates them to that next level, and the budget, yeah. more importantly. I sometimes wonder, like, you know when you... Like, to use football as an analogy, sometimes you'll see like a player at a team or in a league that is he's clearly surpassed that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you look at it, he's but he looks he looks talented, but he seems limited by because football's a team game by those around him. Mm-hmm. When sometimes you give him like he gets to a bigger team and then suddenly he explodes and like the world ch- the world changes for him. I yeah. wonder if Blue team like that like like you mentioned um, what the Last Guardian guy so like. Like blue, you mentioned like blue point is like yeah. There's clearly talent, a lot of talent there, and then Sony went, "What can you do with this IP?" And then they just, oh my god, they exploded. Yeah, I, I I don't know, I don't, I just I have this feeling with Blue Team that they could there's talent there that it just hasn't quite been fully harnessed yet. Silent Hill might be, I think, the thing that really could push it. I think it could be make a break for them. Because yeah. if they nail it, then suddenly everyone's going to be paying a lot more attention to whatever the next project, which is the one they've just announced, then announcing with Private Division, will be. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Fingers crossed for them. Be, but they could go. They have the risk of doing the CG Project Red thing, where Witcher Three was the thing that broke them out, like mm. elevated them, and then Cyberpunk kind of slammed them back down to reality. But yeah, they're recovering. Well, moving on, um, we heard a bit more about Armored Core actually this week because um, it was shown at the Game Awards and then it's uh, from software since come out and confirmed that they're not intentionally going to make this a Soulsborne game. Yeah, which is what we theorised, didn't we? We thought, yeah. even though they've, they've had loads of success from the Soulsborne style with Sekiro and with Elden Ring, yeah, I think going back to Armored Core, you've got that, pardon the pun, core audience who 
have played the other game. So we've not had a game in 10 years. So they have an opportunity to mix it up a bit. And I think a lot of people figured that they might lean more into their Soulsborne roots. And yeah. I actually think Far From Software, it's a great opportunity now to maybe diverge a little bit and not just be known as the studio that makes the hardest shit games with cool bosses. Yeah, and take embrace the cool maybe stuff a you've learned pivot. from making polished experiences like Elden Ring, but yeah. without the... Without, like, the um, very harsh difficulty curves and, or like, very tight gameplay, you can maybe relax the gameplay a bit more, make it a bit more action-focused. Focus, not going full arcade but keep mm-hmm. that polish and, like, reboot a series. Because I'm glad, because it looks like they've went, they've looked back at their catalog and go, you know what, we really like this franchise. Let's give it another go. So if you're an Armacorp fan, I think this is probably good news, unless you were looking forward to, like, straight-up Dark Souls um, with mechs. <laughs> yeah. Which, that could work as well. <laughs> like, but... It could, it could. And I, and I do think there might be, like, an element of that somewhere in the game. Yeah. Because I can't see them sidestepping it entirely. However, no. yeah, it will be interesting to see them have, like, a different genre to lean, to lean back into after 10 years. Yeah, but interesting. We'll, see. we'll I mean... see. It's not really on my radar. Again, haven't played... I think outside of maybe a PS1 demo disc experience with the original, I, it just yeah, Giant Mechs are cool, but keep them in my Metal Gear Solid stories, I guess, rather than a story yeah, of himself. I've never been much of a, a mech guy, to be honest. The, re- the only reason I really wanted to put it in this is just to give that, because we were talking about it last week, whether or not it would be a Soulsborne game, and because we've got the um, confirmation, like literally Hideki. Mm. Hideo Taka, uh, Miyazaki has just straight up went, no, we are not making a conscious effort to try and direct it towards more Soulsborne type gameplay. And so if you are an Armour fan, I just think it's important to just get that clarity out there. Yeah, and to you, I'm glad he's done it like so so quickly nice after well, yeah. yeah, It sets expectation for the game correctly, and I think that's always a good thing. Yeah. But moving on to Hot Wheels. Is it, coming, is it coming? Is it not coming to Game Pass? Because it did kind of. Come. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it was supposed to come on the fifteenth, so a few days uh, just yeah. at the weekend just passed, and seemingly it showed up for some people on PC Game Pass, yeah. uh, the Game of the Air edition, uh, but then it started to show up on consoles finally. But now it seems like some of the content from the Game of the Air edition isn't accept- um, yeah. isn't accessible. So. It just seems like a bit of a an odd game passy glitch, similar to how what we had with The Walking Dead, if you recall, where the season pass you should have had the whole game, but people were only able to access episode one, and then the game got fully removed from Game Pass. So it seems yeah. like again, it's probably just a, a version glitch or issue. Um, we really like Hot Wheels, though. We played it, we've played it a few times on the channel. Um, we probably play it in the game in the future if it, if it keeps getting support, yeah. seasonal um, support. Possibly in January, is that part of our Stadia goodbye stream? That's in fact, true. if you're looking forward to that stream, um, head over to Discord. We've got an area, a section for Stadia in there. Drop what games you want, you'd like to see us play, because this is going to be like a last hurrah for the platform. So we want to play what you guys want to play. Indeed. Um, but but yeah, it's something I, that I guess the devs and Microsoft just need to put their heads together and figure out because it's odd announcing stuff and then it not being true to what is what's actually described. Because there'll be people out there who are excited for this. There'll be people who played the game before but didn't have the Game of the Year content and maybe were excited to jump back in. And to do so and see it's either not there or it's inaccessible, it'll just cause some frustration among some yeah. people. So, again, just tidy things up. But nothing nothing too crazy. Yeah, hopefully it won't be too long um, before we get it. I think I can imagine the guys over there are kind of like, look, with how close we are at Christmas, like, can we get this done, get it fixed mm. before Christmas? Like, really trying to get it, grind it out. Well, yeah, I think I think we just have to be patient on this one. But it'd be nice to have have it back in the Xbox, uh, in the Xbox catalog because I I think I had a feeling that if it came out a year ago on Stadia, it could have been like one of them staples for our streams where occasionally we just always seem to go back to. Yeah. But talk about going going fast. Sonic Frontiers races to two point five million sales in its first month. Impressive. Uh, impressive yeah I think this might be the fastest selling Sonic game of all time which is surprising considering the game was getting some stick I think after some of its early previews and the director I think annoyed a lot of people by coming out saying they're they're not going to change it 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 is what it is so there was that risk of maybe rocking the boat too much Um, but yeah I think 
Sonic Mania was probably the most received, the best received one I remember in the last yeah. 10, 15 years in, in my mind and what I saw. I think that game sold over about 1 million. Um, but yeah, this is a, a, a decent shout. It's the best Sonic game in a long, long time from what I've seen, especially a 3D Sonic game. Yeah, but that's um, not difficult. 3D Sonic yeah, well, is yeah, exactly. very much... 2D Sonic is almost always being well-received. 3D Sonic is almost, well, universe being not well-received. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with uh, upcoming, I think there's a Netflix series that starts this month. And uh, obviously the movies are doing surprisingly well. Um, Sonic 2, I watched the other week. Had a fun time with it. Yeah. I don't, I kind of find the concept of Sonic um, Frontiers a bit weird. It feels like... Oh, we're going to make Sonic open world. It feels like almost like fifteen years late to the open world idea. Yeah, and again, looking at some of the clips, that the thing that always put me off is it just seems like very, very empty. Yeah, but apparently that's part of the charm and the, the fun when you get into these little biome areas. I, I suppose p- part of it could be like with Sonic moving so fast, you can't put too, you don't want to put too much stuff in there. Because you don't want to worry people about just missing stuff. You know, like, both me and you, when it comes to open world games, we're exploring every nook and cranny. Mm-hmm. Imagine trying to do that in a Sonic game where the game wants you to blast around the map like a high pace. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. It's, but, yeah. it's an interesting one to tackle. Um, I'm sure they've got, like, content in mind for it. Well, um, they ha- there's free, um, free updates announced for 2023. Oh, there you go. Then. It will include uh, things like a photo mode, new challenges, and story content. Yeah, but uh, well done, Sonic. Anyway, I'm a Sonic fan. I'm a, I was a yeah. Sega kid originally, so it's nice to see the the little blue bear, blue blur doing well on all fronts: video games, TV shows, and movies. Any interest in watching Sonic Prime? No, I think it's on, uh, on Netflix. Yeah, I don't. Think unless it comes out like to rave reviews, I think we were saying the other I, day with all the Pokemon news, it's like. I appreciate the story, but there's so much like filler in kids' TV shows now. It's like I just my brain, I'll either switch off from it. I might yeah. put it on in the background or something. But it's been a long time since I watched uh, the Sonic cartoons. What were the what were the Doctor Robotnik robots called? There was like the chicken. Oh, I can't remember. Um, I, I can't. I can't. I remember watching the TV show as a kid, but I can't remember anything about it. Chicken and robot. What were they called? What were they called? I found the oh, Scratch and Grounder. Yeah. With the, with the two, the yeah. little green guy and the, the giant rooster robot, I guess. You know, I, I want I want Sonic Frontiers to come to Game Pass because I don't think it's a game that I'm not. I'm not when I'm looking at it, I'm probably not going to ever buy. Mm. But if it comes to Game Pass, there'd be one evening. Is like you know what I've got. I could see myself just jumping in for an evening. You know, like you know one of them evenings, like yeah. in between games, like you know what I'm going to get a few beers and I'm going to play some Sonic Frontiers. Yeah, I could see that. Same, same. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's not a game that I'm absolutely desperate to um, play, but a game that I know that you've been desperate to play, The Witcher 3. Yeah, so, next, next gen. So, at the time of right, at the time of recording, it's currently sitting on in 96 on Meta, um, Metacritic from, from the critical um, reviews. However, interestingly, only 7.4 on user score, but I think it's getting review bombed because it's the remaster. Yeah, so, I mean, again, it, you only need to know the the kind of overall concept. So the game was great to begin with, and it's a it's the best version the game's ever had yeah. in terms of like visuals. So it can't be any worse unless somehow the visual improvements <laughs> came with like game breaking bugs. Oh, I just I just read one of the like negative reviews because I I do sometimes like read them to kind of see like check is this just getting review bombed because people like like seem to do that. Yeah. And one guy I, I give it a two a Metacritic, and I quote. Playing this is like eating cardboard. Recommend if suffering from insomnia only, you'll fall asleep every time. Some people are just idiots, aren't they? <laughs> just like, what, what even is that? Like, really? Like, it's one of the most revered games. You give God of War Ragnarok a four. Another YouTube movie garbage from Sony. It's oh, yeah. This there's is there's, the there's people who are just like that. There, we we had a chuckle offline the other day about someone on the Facebook social feeds that we post yeah. to. So we don't do that much on social media outside of like uh, Twitter and a couple of um, Facebook. We we've pretty much give up on Reddit since the Stadia closure. But uh, yeah, we put um, this week's Cloud Quest. In fact, last week's Cloud Quest went out into a couple of feeds, uh, into Stadia feeds in particular, and there was a guy who just 
someone definitely pissed in his cereal this week because he just was not having that. We posted a video talking about the Stadia dev kits in a Stadia group, and he just cut. He just kept saying it's a dead platform. Why are you doing a show on it? And it was like, dude, this is a Stadia group. You understand? I'm putting Stadia content because there's news that have came out about dev- development kits which no one knew about prior to this in the wild and what we talk about it on our show our topical discussion show and he just couldn't get round and yeah yeah anyway you the internet again it's not worth going down the internet but in terms of the witcher 3 richie yes i've i've done the update i'm playing it um i'm not again i'm not that far in i'm just um i'm on the track of the Hippogriff, um, not hippogriffs. What this, what's it called? Oh, the griffin, right, the big griffin yeah. thing that you hunt down. So you, got... you re, so you, are you still with Vesemir? Yeah, yeah. I started right at the, like I said, right at the beginning. I, I had the option to transfer my old save over, but I thought it's been that long since I played it. I want to just freshen right from the get go. I'm even doing the tutorials, and to go back yeah. to what we said, at the I think top it's of the worth show, doing the tutorials if you haven't played the game. Oh in a while. yes, yeah. and that kind of goes back to. I feel like one of the times I maybe gave up on it the first time round. And in our comparisons to High on Life at the beginning of the show, the inventory management in this game is insane. Like, as someone who's dabbled in it before, but going back to it, it's just like the the crafting and the upgrading, and it just gives you a lot right from off the bat. And I'm looking at, like, I've got six spells that I can apparently cast. Not just going to give me one and then slowly... Trick, trickle feed me new abilities it's like he's six spells you use them all now you've got two swords by the way and it just uh, and, yeah, then it, think... and then it releases you onto the map which is like there's fucking icons all over the joint and I'm like as someone who's played a lot of open wild games what? I couldn't help feel over the years since The Witcher 3 came out there's been a lot of refinement that's gone into open world RPGs and yeah, I, I don't think sense the map it, it jumps you into that uh, is it Whitehaven or something um that's actually kind of small. That's, that reminds me of like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you know, the first island mm. you start on. It's kind of like that then once you get off the island, the game really starts. You're basically doing the prologue. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do get it does drop a lot of systems at you, but I think there's also a part of it when the game was conceived, this is the third game in the series. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. And again, I'm not so, I'm not kind of criticising the so, game for it. Yeah. It is the kind of core concept of the game. But then I got to the I got to the end when they introduced Gwent, and I was like, oh, here's a whole bunch of new fucking rules to learn with this whole new card game, which I've I said me and Rob on Gwent's previous shows, fun. I think, we're, we're not that interested in digital card games. I think Rob and, said he was into Gwent. I, was he? It was one of the two. Yeah. Um, and then what was it? What what was the thing that made me just? It made me like oh. chuckle to myself because again, I'm going to persist with it because I want want to play through and I'm enjoying yeah. it. Like definitely not taking away from that. When you get, it's one of them. There's a lot of systems up front, but when you get into it and like you find, I know, I know, Rob, Rob wasn't a fan of like the crafting of things like the oils and stuff where I, yeah. and the potions. Where I kind of liked them because unlike other RPGs. Other RPGs, you make your potion, you drink it, it's gone, you have to go find your ingredients. With mm-hmm. The Witcher, like, your potions kind of, and your oils reset when you rest. Right. So, like, you go, okay, I'm going to go hunt this thing. So once you've made the potion, you have the, you have it there, it's done. You can just then choose to use it. And yeah. so I kind of like the way I always handled that. But So I- it limits the amount you can have, but you know it's going to reset, which I always found encouraged me to use them. Yeah, I think I was just I was playing it late at night. It was like half yeah. one last night and it was I got to the point where it opened up the inventory and it shows you like the five separate columns for potions and oils and elixirs and whatnot. Yeah. And then it was just like pop up menu of like here's a paragraph of reading, here's another paragraph of reading, here's another paragraph of reading. And after like six or seven my brain was just like I can't even remember what the first three were now. So I was just like skip, 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 skip. I just want to play the game. And yeah. get into it, and I've gone and yeah, hunted the wild dogs. I've helped the one with a frying pan, like all those like typical early doors missions you do. Roach getting Teaching stuck yourself. on freaking everything again, still. So the horse mechanics still a little bit clunky, but again, it is a seven-year-old game, and it's um, it's fun though. I'm enjoying it so far, and I'm, I'm yeah. again, that's my Christmas game. So yeah, I plan on ticking away. Are you gonna go back to it? Um, I, I don't know because I'm, I'm you've umdenard. I am on an hour. I'm kind of. I keep think, think, thinking about it, but I keep trying to talk myself out of it. Actually, more than talk mm. myself into it, because I do want to finish God of War, which I'm not that far off. We talked before the show. 
I've, I need to jump back into Pokemon. I haven't touched that in a couple of weeks since I switched back over more to God of War since England got knocked out. The you, you got the you got the Plague Tale games. I've got I've got Plague Tale to play, and then there's everything on Game Pass. So there's a lot of stuff pulling my attention. So I haven't, and like Crisis Core as well might be a pickup at some point. So mm. like, um, this is why I'm trying to talk myself out of it because do I want to spend like another like. 60, 70 hours playing through a game I've played through twice already when there's other stuff I haven't played that I want to play. That's the biggest question, isn't it? Yeah. And you've got a bunch of great shows to make as well, Richie. We have. But I think that might be all we have time for this week. If you've liked the video, make sure you hit that like button and consider becoming a member for at little as 99p where you get early access to Talk on the PS, you get early access to Cloud Quest, and, well, actually, you got early access to Chained Echoes last week as well. Um, if you've got a question you want to ask us or just want to hang out with some awesome people we have a discord server the link is in the description below thank you very much for watching my name's been Richie Merry Christmas we've been Helix Plays Games we'll see you in the clouds goodbye bye